Hello and welcome to the Collective Wisdom Podcast, the podcast that explores how to be a wiser version of yourself. This is a podcast that helps you to tap into your own inner wisdom and find the answers within you for how to live your best life. I'm your host, Kat Preston. I'm a certified life coach and I help people to turn down the noise in their heads and tune into the wisdom in their hearts. Every week, I'll be asking my guests to tell their stories about what they've learned along the way and share some of their wisdom with us. I'm so thrilled you can join us. Hey there, my wise friends, and a warm welcome to Collective Wisdom, where we really do celebrate the power of listening to promote and encourage expansive thinking in those around us, which is what makes today's guest, Ula Raff, such a great fit. Ula is an author and designer, coach and consultant who designs tools that help people master communication and how to have crucial conversations. In a world fraught with conflict and a culture that has been so heavily influenced by the idea that he who shouts loudest wins, especially on Twitter, without taking any time to really reflect and listen to what is being said by others, Ulla's work has taken on even more importance and meaning. As you'll hear, as I was reading out Ulla's own mission statement, I found that it brought me to tears, often a sign that I'm hearing something that is a resounding truth for me. It was tempting to edit out the emotion and present the polished final version, but I decided in the end to do something very rare for me and ship the honest, messy version where I can't quite hold it together. Something I think we're all too conditioned to to do when we feel emotion is to pull ourselves together and move on. And as you'll hear, that's not quite what I did. What's also really interesting is that a few days after having this conversation with Ulla, Andreas, a coach friend of mine, reached out and said he was interested in mastering his deep listening skills. I pointed him in the direction of Ulla, but I also went down a bit of a rabbit hole myself and discovered the work of Nancy Klein. She's written an incredible book called Time to Think, Listening to Ignite the Human Mind that is all about the power of deep listening in families, at work and in schools. She outlines a simple framework that promotes independent thinking environments. It's a really fascinating book and it shows how the solutions to problems that are being brought by the person being listened to are often accessed from deep within inside them. It's the opposite to giving advice and it's probably one of the simplest but most effective tools we have access to. But like everything worth doing, it takes practice and an awareness of our own behavior. Simple, but not always easy. So now I'll hand you over to Ulla. I'm just so grateful to her for bringing all of this to light and for sharing it with us here today. With me today, I have my lovely friend, Ulla Raff. I've been so looking forward to this conversation as not only is Ulla a beautiful soul with so much wisdom to share, she also recently hosted a workshop I attended on mindful communication and boy, did it blow my mind. I'm hoping we can bring a little bit of that insight that she shared with us to share with you today. Ulla and I first met through The Right Company, that community of wonderful people I'm so privileged to be part of that inspired our collaborative book project, Enough, Unlock a Life of Abundance Starting Right Where You Are. And Ulla was so instrumental in getting that book out into the world, as not only did she design our eye-catching front cover, she also did the layout design. We were really so lucky to have her with us on the team. But aside from her graphic design skills, 
Ulla's own story is a fascinating one of finding courage in the face of adversity after losing her husband very suddenly and finding herself a single mother to a three-year-old with a business that was in serious debt. She's since had the time to reflect on how that tragic loss, whilst devastating at the time, has also made her who she is today. There's no doubt in my mind that her chapter in our book, which is called Enough Time, and outlines the way we can and should all be more intentional with our time, was influenced by seeing her husband's life cut so tragically short. But it was her deep wish to have a loving relationship with her daughter that led her on a path to training in neuro-linguistic programming and nonviolent communication, which she uses in her capacity as a consultant to people within small organizations and educational institutions. Ola says of her work, when people feel understood, when they feel listened to, and when they recognize another person's willingness to show interest, possibilities come up that you couldn't have dreamed of. I don't know why this quote always makes me really emotional. I'm going to have to start again. Sorry. I don't know why. It really always hits me. I've, I've read it three times now. That's, that's wonderful for me. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll start again. Ulla says of her work, when people feel understood, when they feel listened to, and when they recognize, I can't do it. It's really, oh, what's going on with me today? I'm very emotional. I'm really very emotional. Well, well, it seems to be something you are longing for too. It is. It is. Well, it's something I've come to understand. This podcast does. And like all great truths, it's, oh, it's very hard to just hear it and not feel it. But yeah, I apologize, Ulla. This is not. That's not. Oh. I, it's a wonderful gift you're giving me. To <laughs> so emotional about something I said or wrote. Yeah, well, it makes it's it much it's, more important. It's actually the work you do, isn't it? It's it's how you make people feel. And yeah, that, this quote is so essential, and I really want to get it out in one, one go. So I'll give it another go. Ulla says of her work. When people feel understood, when they feel listened to, and when they recognize another person's willingness to show interest, possibilities come up that you couldn't have dreamed of, like rewarding relationships, exceptional leadership, productive teams, and supportive communities. Ulla, I'm so glad to have met you, and I'm really thrilled to have you here on the podcast to share your wisdom with us. I'm thankful to have met you too, and I'm so grateful for the opportunity to be your guest. I really feel honored. Well, as you know, I was just reading out that quote, and um, but I'll probably edit it because the first time I tried to read it, I just burst into tears because there's something about that notion of helping people feel heard that just always touches my heart. And I guess that's a good place to start because really communication has become such an essential part of who you are and the work you do. So where did you first grasp that understanding? Well, actually, there are, there are two events in my life which I would um, describe as significant. Of course, it's the death of my husband, because then I started my adult life on my own, mm. which changed the way I was living a lot. But even more important for me is becoming a mother, allowing nature to let me become a mother because I didn't 
I, I never aimed to be a mother. I always thought you won't yeah. be a good mother. You love your job so much. You will never have time for a kid. And then I grew older and then I thought, well, I should allow nature the opportunity. And if they say you should become a mother, you will. And if they mm -hmm. say you should not, it's fine with me. Gosh. And I'm very, very grateful that nature said you should become a mother because this is really the most important thing for me in my life. Becoming a mother, raising a child to become a wonderful young woman, which she is now. Yeah. And on this way, you are a mother too. You know that difficulties yeah. arise. Yeah. And my definitely. mother, I never had a good relationship to my mother because my mother kind of lives in a bubble of her own. Mm. And everything which is outside of her bubble, she doesn't um, notice. And empathy is something she isn't able to give. Wow. And I was always suffering from that. And when times became difficult with my daughter, I said, no, I don't want to have this kind of relationship. Our relationship should be different. And so I made myself on the way and tried to find out how can I improve yeah. our relationship. And I found out communication is the glue. It's, it's so the glue that makes relationships. And so I started off with um, uh, NLP, uh, which is very powerful and, and also very logical, and in many cases, very helpful. What I don't like so much is the aspect of manipulating somebody, um, this always observing to look where can I go in and, and have things my way, and that's not my idea of good communication. Right. So you've kind of pulled in from your NLP training and just to, yeah. just to explain, so neuro linguistic programming, yeah. the, the sort of what's the, what's the basis of that as a premise? The basis is that they found out how people are programmed. If you want to say so, mm. like you, you uh, smell, bread and it arouses a feeling this is a natural process and um nlp put together these different processes how how you um react to things um what what you have in your brain or in your background and uh to do this like a program so if, if somebody if somebody has stage fear, mm -hmm. I've I've done this already. Somebody who had stage fear didn't want to go out on the stage and we had to perform. And he said, I'm so afraid, I'm so afraid. So, okay, five minutes. And then I asked him for a situation where he was in front of other people and did well. And right. he found something. And then I used this situation to make an anchor. And with this anchor, he went out on the stage. We did our performance. And when he came back, he said, Ula, it's unimaginable, but it worked. Wow. And wow. that's, it's something we, we, we always do, but unconsciously. And NLP uses it consciously. So you bring some of the 
subconscious, the stuff yeah. that's kind of just permeating yeah. there and we're not aware of it. And you actually put it in front of you, maybe almost like evidence of, well, you've done this before. Yeah. How fascinating. But it's, it's really so big a tool that it's difficult to explain in a few yeah, words. Yeah, and that makes, I mean, so it's just to give a sort of, because I think we use sort of uh, jargon sometimes and I, I certainly haven't trained in NLP. I know it's a form of helping people. It kind of crosses the path between therapy and coaching, I think, yes, with a sort yes. of borderline of a bit of both, because you go into people's yeah. past and you, as you say, you try and find where those tapes, if you like, I think. Yeah, that's exactly. Like that's a good, good description. It's like yeah. a tape and, and you can make these tapes on purpose. Yes. So that's, and then, so then you bring some of that insight and then you combine it with your own sort of other other coach training that you've done you know you said you were an empathic uh coach trainer no, actually we were practicing this and somebody mentioned nonviolent communication and without knowing what this is and and what's the meaning sometimes i have this i know that's it I don't know anything about it, but I know exactly that's it. I knew I had to buy the book. I had to wow. uh, dig in this topic because I knew this would be it. And it was exactly that way. Yeah. So and then I started my open up, you know, as you say, a very personal relationship with your daughter. Yeah. It's really helped. I love that idea of it being glue to a relationship. Yeah. And then you've brought this into the wider world in terms of yeah the consultancy work you do with as you say it's the people behind the organizations because if you yeah. can get those communications yeah. open then it it really helps build culture i guess and build connection that that is so often missing in in organizations especially and then we we did this workshop and the thing that really landed with me was you got us all to go off in groups and talk about the language we use, phrases that come up a lot, you know, just to note them down. And, um, and in my conversation, it was about how I, I measure everything with just a lot. I'm just a mother, I'm just doing this, I'll just be a minute. I kind of temper my whole existence almost yeah. with that word which it's, I think was insightful in itself. So it's that bringing consciousness into, you know, what, what you're saying, because I think we do talk ourselves into situations and we, you know, our language is very powerful. How we communicate to ourselves is, is really important. But there was something really powerful at the end, you sort of brought it down to this idea of all communication has these elements of please and thank you. Can you just explain a little bit more about that? Because I was just, yeah, I, I spent my, my whole time thinking, wow, that's so powerful. Well, I was thinking what I could show this community who are all enlightened people who know so much, something new about communication. And I was really desperate because I thought you can't tell them anything new. They know everything. And so what? should you say and this idea of yes and no is not my own it's it's from marshall rosenberg from nonviolent communication mm. but i found it to be so true and if i start speaking 
in my with having in mind that I'm now about to say please or I'm now about to say thank you, other words come out. Wow. And I think nonviolent communication is great, but it's awfully difficult to learn. Mm-hmm. And it's also awfully di- difficult, even in my own situations, I'm not always capable of, of doing it or, or using it. Because when something triggers me, old tapes come up. Yeah, more emotions just provoke something. So it's, yeah. it's difficult, but it's a wonderful method. But I found out the method alone doesn't work. You, it's it's your attitude, and if you change your attitude towards other people, um, the right words will come out anyway. Yeah. So, if I think somebody is bad or awful, I won't be able to talk in a nice way with this person. So if I want to reach this person, say something which might help this person to change, I have to see this person in a different way. And there is this aspect also in nonviolent communication of see me beautiful. Because every you're person changing yourself first, because I think so, yeah. so often when we come into communication, it's like this person needs to just get this understood. And yeah. then if they can yeah. just sort themselves out, then yeah. we'll all be better. And it's more this approach that you're saying i will see things i will ask myself to turn things upside down and see it from another viewpoint and that's real empathy at the end of the day really stepping into someone's shoes and then i'll notice whether that has an impact on how they 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 feel listened to how they feel perceived yeah sometimes people come in the workshop and and ask me how can i tell somebody to do this or that nicely Mm. probably with nonviolent communication. And then I say, you can't. And then they look at me, huh, what? I thought I'm learning how to communicate. Yeah, but you can't communicate nicely. Somebody has to do something. You have to order somebody to do something. And you have to keep in mind that this is not building a bridge. It is ordering. And ordering is dominance speaking. It's not empathy speaking. And if you keep that in mind, you can order somebody to do something, but you don't have to wonder about the reaction or how successful your order will be. Right. And then this idea that, so it's not just about saying, I'd like you to do this, please. (laughs) It's about understanding that that is, and nobody at the end of the day really likes being told what to do. No, I can always ask please, but a real please in nonviolent communication allows the other person to say no. Right. Oh, without, yes, of course. <laughs> uh, without you being mad at the person or uh, something of uh, some consequences following the other person wouldn't like. Yeah. It allows the person to say no. And then you can start to discuss what would be needed that maybe it is a yes or why it is a no and how can how how you can get together so your own needs will be fulfilled too but the other person isn't um obligated to fulfill your needs so it really is about building bridges yes through that communication and i found out in in with my daughter if i'm very clear in these things and say, do I want to help her now or don't I? Mm. And if I do, I do it with my whole heart. 
And more often than not, when I ask myself, do I want to do that? I say, okay, I can do that. That's That won't take much time and it will really help her and so on. And now it's like we're racing who is the nicer <laughs> because I help her a lot and she helps me a lot back. We're helping each other and our lives are wonderful because yeah. we're helping each other so much. But if then comes a moment where I say, no, that I can't do, it's not bad because I've done so often that yeah. it's not bad when I do it differently. And you have those so lines of communication know. open. So it's like you don't go straight to a, a trigger. You go to a point of, oh, what, is there something I need to know about or what's going on here or, you know, not assuming anything. I think it's more about asking rather than making assumptions. Yeah. Um, and if somebody does something I don't like, or I really dislike, I can start, why did you do that? And I can start, you know, I love you. And I have difficulties to understand what happened. Can yeah. we talk about what happened? And then the other person can open up and can say what was wrong, why he did what he did, or she did what she did. <laughs> And I can understand that and I can make my point of view, how it hurt me or what it what what happened. And then we're together. The bad thing still happened, but, but we're together. But even that, why did you do that hmm. as opposed to how did this happen? The, yeah. the, you've taken it from the sort of accusatory, you yeah. did this, and it's I'm the victim here, and you're the you know yeah. that that place is just so different. So it is all about how we, how we perceive it, but then how we then communicate that, you know, what comes yeah. out of our mouth is how we see or view the situation in the first place. I think that's amazing. And if there's something I'm suffering about, then that's obviously not enough people have noticed that this would be very, very important to learn. Yeah, and to improve because it would make every life also business life also tough business life much much better yeah but people think like it's like cooking or parenting parenting who does a workshop for parenting everybody yeah. thinks i can we do that no we should just know uh, yeah, that's so true talking i can talk i don't need that no and there are so many nuances you can say in a different way with a complete different effect and it strikes me that often, you know, if I'm thinking about couples um, counseling, people end up going to a third party, having them sit in the room and arbitrate, you know, no, yeah. no, 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 wait, no, no, calm down, calm down. No, no, you said that, you said that. And this would allow you to bring that sense of arbitration into the room with you. So you don't have to go to a counseling session, you know, yeah. you just, yeah. if you start to learn those things, and it's so true that, yeah, we all assume that parenting should come naturally, that, all these things that you yeah. know, we, we, like why? why, why should we all be naturally born? And and also what you said was so insightful around your own relationship with your mother, who maybe wasn't so emotionally giving, could have had the impact of you parenting just the same way. Exactly. But in fact, it propelled you to be completely and go and seek some other way of. Yeah. Uh, there must be another way because this yeah. has not served me. So yeah. yeah, gosh. So yes, I knew that that was going to be a very powerful conversation. And I think it's sort of, it really pivots on this whole sense of 
you have been so intentional around how you spend your time, um, how you value time. I think this idea that time is our most precious asset, which is really what your chapter is all about, comes from this sense of why would we want to spend it in conflict? Yeah. It's just exactly. Yeah. Makes yeah. no sense. <laughs> Absolutely. And then I wanted to lean a little bit into because I know it's it's been 26 years since your husband died, but I think what I see in you, Ula, is someone who built so much courage and resilience through that tragedy. And I just wanted to lean into that really a little bit. And you know, you've you've said that it it shaped who you are and that you've actually come to a place of acceptance, that it's almost like a, I, I don't think you're ever completely grateful for these events. Yes. But how, how those real challenges can actually help you find the courage to, to be a better person. Maybe it's funny, but I am grateful even for the, in my life. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because it really helped me to become who I am and to find my way. And I'm so glad I'm exactly there where I am now. Yeah. I wouldn't want to be anywhere else. And so I always would encourage everyone to use these unlucky times mm. to come like Phoenix out, out of the ashes. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah. that's what I feel, actually. It's like Phoenix out of the ashes. And before it wasn't even Phoenix, because Phoenix normally reduces to ashes and then becomes Phoenix again. Before, maybe it was like um, not an ugly duckling, but something different. And then a, it was ashes and then came Phoenix. So just an evolution. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm yeah. grateful for that. And um, of course, I always said my husband was very much older than I am. And I always tended to say, so if if I have the same fate, there's 10 years, five years, two years. Now I'm way over. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, that, that, that also touched me so much that you arrive at the age that your husband died and can't help but think, gosh, wow. You know, there's no guarantee about tomorrow. I think it gives you that real oh. sense of urgency and maybe not even urgency, maybe a sense of making the most of the time you have here. Yeah. We just had a quite bad um, train accident in Germany oh. these days, and there were five people died. Uh, one of them it was a 14-year-old. And that that these are events that remind me time really is precious and really is. you can't waste it. You shouldn't waste it. Yeah. That doesn't mean you have to rush, 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 do, use your time, always be doing something, but to be aware yeah. about the time you're spending. And how and you're if you're spending it with nonsense, do it. But be aware, now I'm spending my time with nonsense. It will have its reasons. Yeah. So what for you, I'm really intrigued, is an ideal day? How do you love to spend your time, Ulla? Well, as I wrote in my chapter, I love standing up when I'm awake. Whatever time that is. 
Normally, it's something between seven o'clock and nine o'clock in the morning. So you don't set an alarm clock. I remember I that. I never yeah, yeah. set an alarm clock. I would hate it. And those seldom days where I have to set an alarm clock, I actually hate in advance. Yeah. Um, so I wake up and and um, then I stand up, go in the bath, dress, and then I take my dog out for at least an hour walk. And then I'm awake. And it was interesting, you said to me, because we had this discussion before we started recording, when you go out into nature, because I, I, we were talking about podcasting and how I often listen to podcasts when I'm out with a dog. Yeah. I, like, oh, I would never do that because I just need to hear the birds singing. I need to get really in tune with my surroundings and where I am. So it almost is a form of meditation. Yes, it is. I think so. It, it is. It's like meditating, but walking meditation, not not sitting there. I'm not very um, good at that. <laughs> no, <laughs> I've tried either. several times. It doesn't doesn't uh, until now. It hadn't hasn't worked for me. Yeah. But uh, going out for a walk, that's really what I love. And sometimes I don't know how I got from there to there because it was so much in my mind. I didn't listen to nature. Yeah, but there's always the opportunity, and I'm 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 a visual person as I'm a designer. Mm. There's so many beautiful things out there, even though you go the same route nearly every day, you always discover something new, different yeah. light, something blooming, something whatsoever, and and I enjoy that very much. And I think that's what then translates into what you create from a graphic design point of view. Yeah. You know, maybe something will spark a little trigger and then that yeah. will become, as yeah. our beautiful cover will attest, you know, it was just, here it is. And yeah, <laughs> it was really stunning, really yeah. stunning. So what are your influences from, from a graphic point of view? Where do your ideas come from, do you think? That's, that's a difficult question. I think um, my professor... In, in the end time of my studies, he always said, people, you have to steal with your eyes. Mm. Steal as much as you can with your eyes, because if this pot isn't filled, there will no, no ideas will come out. And so I think I, I see a lot, a lot more than other people see. Um, and and put this in my mind, and then when I need to bring it out, it's there and it can come out. Translates onto the page. And it is something I cannot not do. Oh, I've, wow. I've, I've already thought about doing only coaching, only training, and I cannot not design. Yeah. That's, that's impossible. That wouldn't be life for me. I have to create something. That resonates so much for me because I've been busy producing this podcast. I've been busy building a coaching business, but yeah, I'm really feeling the lack of just creative output, yeah. just making things for the sake of making things just that, especially coming from a sort of jewelry background, there's yeah. a beautiful outcome, a piece yeah. Yeah. that is, oh, I've got to do that again at some point, you know, even if it's not in a, in a business context, just making beautiful things really mm. brings me to this sort of sense of groundedness, which yes. is, yeah, amazing. And that's what I want to do in future, even do more. 
uh, of I, I want to do these video clips, which I can speak myself because I've done this speaking class and I can design them. I've done few, not so many up till now. And I want to tell stories in these video clips about what would improve communication. Yeah, yeah. And that makes perfect sense. And it's kind of like everything coming together. So there's yes. the visual part, yes. there's the learning through communication, and then you just, yeah. oh, now this makes perfect sense. That's, that's it. Yeah, satisfaction yeah. to that, a real satisfaction. And I think it's that idea, you know, I love spending time with people who are, I think I think most people are multifaceted, but we don't allow mm. ourselves the scope to just investigate yeah. those other aspects yeah. of our, our sort of strengths and our talents. Yeah. It's, uh, there's so much hidden stuff that, that just gets yeah. buried because people are in the busyness of their daily lives that really, when you give it time, just comes to the fore. Exactly. Oh, I could spend hours talking to you, Ulla, but um, in terms of, so we've talked about the challenge of, you know, you've had some really tough challenges. And as you say, it, it really takes strength and determination to overcome them and then find the light within them, find something positive from that darkness. In what aspect of, of, you know, when I we talk about kindness, you are one of the most compassionate people I've ever met. I think you just have this sort of way of really seeing the best in people. So how does kindness come into your life? The first thing that comes in my mind is my daughter telling me, you know, mom, I think the people are so nice to you because you're always so nice to the people. That would be the first thing I would think oh, of wow. in yeah. answering this question. And it's it's interesting because that to me is the way communication works. You know, there's a sort of call and an answer. Yeah. And it's like if we put out that call, we'll get that response. It's um, That's such a powerful insight, really. And do you have a sort of particular story that comes from something that you just remember? Oh, this act of kindness, and that just takes me to a place. Hmm. I would have to think about that. Maybe it's not exactly kindness, but it's this showing the other person you see and value how the person is. We have this parcel service guy who is always good mooded. I've never, ever seen him in a bad mood. Really? And our... our Entrance to our home is uh, uh, through the court around on the backside of the house. So he comes around the corner smiling with a parcel. And one day I told him, you know, it's not only the parcel I'm happy to receive, but you bringing it because you always have such a good mood. It's oh. it's um, contagious. <laughs> yeah, it is contagious. And isn't that true that there's people in your life? I. I think of them as being energy givers, you know, they just yeah. bring energy into a room yeah. and it can just be that positive, bright, sunny outlook, not, not just at the expense of everything, but it's that their whole demeanor sees the bright side of something. Yeah. And, that and I think that's them. special because being a parcel guy might not be the nicest of all jobs yeah. and he's doing it with such fun and such a good mood. 
And when I told him this, that I'm grateful that he's bringing the parcels, now when I see him in our village where he drives with his yellow car and he sees me, he's always waving and, and he's yeah. even nicer than he was before, if that is possible. <laughs> <laughs> but I think it is because, again, it's like it's this helping someone feel seen and understood. Yeah. Yes. And you've really communicated to him how powerful that is i mean yes. that's that's actually a really beautiful for someone who couldn't think of a story that's a really really good <laughs> <Okay>. story <laughs> and i think a reminder to all of us that um we have the capacity to bring that energy by choice you know we yes. really can lift things it's we, an we can influence what happens to us with our own mood and our yeah. own attitude and i think this is so powerful yeah. It's so amazing, powerful, if people would really realize what a power they have in their hand and give away. Yeah, maybe things would change. I think so. I really do. I really think that when you're in those, um, and I, I feel like that when I'm in the community of the right company, there's, yeah, there's something magical about being in a space where everybody just wants the best for everybody else. Yes, it's really powerful. That's right. If we could create more spaces like that, oh, yeah, yeah, the world would definitely be a better place. So I know you you play music, is that right? You play an instrument, yeah. yeah. So I'm really looking forward to talking to you about yeah songs and music and the the the, the sort of the part that music plays in your life. Well, I read the question before, and I said, oh my god, my favorite piece. That's impossible because it's more easy to say what I don't like listening to than what I like listening to because it's so broad and everything. Which makes um, perfect sense knowing you that that's something. Uh, yeah. I like changing from this to that. I don't want to listen to the same things every time. Uh, there are special contexts. I would never listen to salsa music um, sitting on my sofa and doing something uh, when i listen to salsa music i have to be on a party and i have to be able to dance <laughs> <laughs> so um i like this music but not for listening it's, yeah. it's for doing it and um it's, it, it's really a broad range of very many things maybe german volkslied and german schlager and opera opera never resonated with me those are the things I don't like, but other than that, nearly everything. And what instrument do you play? Well, I play handpan. Oh, I remember it and being, yeah. Something that's something most people don't know. No. Because it's it's um, it's this instrument you sometimes see um, street musicians play. It's like a wok, two oh. big wok halves. On, on top of each other with, with small ditches and a bubble on top and you play it with your fingers and it makes it, it makes a melody and it makes percussion on the same oh. instrument you can do it you can play it percussive and you can play a melody so i wonder if i'm going to be able to find on spotify a hand pin an example of hand pin being paid, played because I, I can't even hand pan hand pan yeah it literally is a walk <laughs> that's like yeah, I've never heard of it. Pen. Yeah, yeah, that's brilliant. Yeah. That's brilliant. I play the pants. Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna set that as a challenge for myself to try and find 
a piece of hand pan music. You don't, I, you don't have to feel challenged because I will tell you exactly my favorite piece. That will be my music piece. Brilliant. For this That's session. And I finally to. decided, okay, actually, I can only be this piece. Um, the the uh, musician is called Sam Maher, M-A-H-E-R, mm -hmm. -E and the piece is New York Metro Song. Right. And if you look it up, don't look it up on Spotify. Look at the video on Vimeo or YouTube. Okay. You see him playing on in the New York Metro. Oh. And you see this delight of this guy. Yeah. Playing, really playing in, in his instrument, playing with his instrument, yeah. not producing music, but playing, enjoying it. And, and what thrills me each time I hear it is he manages to finish the song with the last notes and the of the train which just came in and <laughs> did the last swoosh. You have to look at it. It's I really definitely amazing. So. Okay, so I'm going to put a link to that in the show notes so that anyone yeah. who's interested can yeah. go and see this. I know there's a version on Spotify, but that's not as nice as... Well, as we'll definitely, you know, there's a playlist. So I, I want to add the the hand pan to the yeah. playlist because that's yeah. that, what is becoming this the most eclectic playlist in yeah. the world. <laughs> because it's got music, some of it's to my taste, some of it I've never heard of, but there's just everybody who's been on the podcast has brought something really special in terms and That's of what I thought, that's something special, that's something maybe most people don't know. Yeah, yeah. And what's oh, even sure. more special is I learn hand plan with a teachable class, online class. Right. And there is a masterclass from Sam Mayer where he teaches the elements of this music piece. So I'm very proud to say not as quick as he plays, but in slow motion, I can play most of the elements affordable to put this piece together. And now, right, I'm, I'm practicing and working to complete it to one yeah. piece with putting these elements together. So there's a real sense. There's two things that occur to me about that. One is there's a real sense that you love to is this idea of pursuit as happiness that you just take something and just work at it and work and just yeah. get better. And yeah. there's no real, yeah. okay, I might, I might never use this in a, you know, whatever outcome context. It's just, I love doing it. It's just it. for me. It's just for me and just, just getting me. better for myself and enjoying. Yeah. This. But the other is that, that idea of playing the pans takes me straight back to just being a kid and just wanting to hear the noises that you could make by banging things. And, yeah. you know, there's a real sort of inner child thing going on there yeah. that just sounds like it sounds like a lot of fun is what what I wanted to My say. My grandson can play because really? uh, um, you don't have to learn it in a, in a way. Um, it's um, pentatonic. So all all notes fit together yeah. and he can just play on on different things and it sounds good yeah but i always wanted not just to do this randomly but but to do it controlled yeah and to learn how to play it controlled watch someone who really makes these pans kind of sound beautiful and yeah, yeah. that makes total sense but I, I was just in nuremberg uh by um, um to visit a hand pan shop uh, the young man makes these hand pans by himself, and I bought a new one. Wow. And very charismatic person. 
I was real nice trip. Yeah, cool. yeah. I mean, it must be quite a specialist. Yes, thing. Yes. It's like, and do you yes. think it's particularly German? No. No, um, there, the handpan was invented by a Swiss couple, and it's over the whole world. There, there are people in every part of the world playing mm. this. It's like a special community. Yeah, I can imagine. I can imagine. And yeah. almost like steel drums got a very distinctive noise that you yes, can... it, it, steel drums was something like a mother or father to handpan. Oh, yeah. They yeah. just turned the thing around and said not with not with um, drumsticks, but with uh, with the fingers. You use your fingers as as yeah. instrument. I cannot wait to take a look at that video. And, uh, <laughs> and yeah, thank you for that. I'd like to hear your feedback. And, and <laughs> if you you don't have to say, well, I think it's just as amazing as you do. You can also yeah, yeah. Okay, it's nice, but it's not mine. <laughs> but as with, um, you know, I, I often say I never have an episode of this podcast without learning something new. And yeah, for me, just the whole hand pan and what it is and how it's played yeah. is yeah. absolutely fascinating. So to round us up, to wrap up this, this episode, you have so much wisdom to share, Ulla, but what came up for you when you were asked for the piece that you would add to the collection? Well, you actually said it in nicer words than I could. Never stop learning something new. Oh, wow. Always challenge yourself and, and don't say, oh, I can't. If you want to, you can. And okay. do it. If something interests you, start learning. Do it. Because yes. not only it's really enjoyable and lots of fun, it keeps you young. Absolutely. Oh, that is just so clever and absolutely golden advice, really is. I think it's this space of, of constant evolution. There's always more, yes. there's always something yes. new to learn. This world has so much to offer us. Um, and I think if, when I start not learning something new, then my end or the end of my time has come because I'm always curious to learn something new and to get better at it. And, and even like you said, if it's something nobody outside will ever hear or know about, but just for me. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Golden advice. And yeah, I was so thrilled to have you here, Ulla. It's been a pleasure. As ever, there'll be links in the show notes to Enough the book, um, all the places that we can find Ulla, if you're interested in hearing her little pod pod uh, are you going to call it a podcast or a i don't know i'm still looking for a word because caroline's is beautiful but uh, she said ulla's uh, podcast postcards yeah that's nice but i'm i'm those they're german yeah, yeah everything so be in german. german what i do it's not normally not english <laughs> so no, i no. would have to find something working in german yeah they'll just be very unique very characteristically yeah. you that's that's what we're going to look out for i will happily add any links that you have to that in the show notes but in the meantime thank you so much for taking the time to join me and yeah thanks for bringing such pleasure to all the people you you touch with your work thank you it's always a pleasure talking to you <laughs> bye now Oh, 
I really hope you enjoyed that conversation just as much as I did. And yeah, I checked out that Sam Ma video of him playing the handpans in the New York subway. I've put a link to it as promised in the show notes. It really is worth a watch. And the song itself is now on the playlist. It's quite incredible to think that it's possible to make such beautiful music from such a simple instrument and your bare hands. Really worth a watch. There's also a link to our book, Enough, so you can get more of Ulla's wisdom from her chapter, Enough Time, which is just full of the same sort of wisdom around making the most of your time or just being intentional about how you're spending it because, yeah, there are no refunds. In the meantime, I wish you well and hope you have a great week. Thanks so much for joining me. Thank you so much for listening. There are almost a million podcasts out there to choose from, so I really appreciate you for choosing this one and spending your valuable time with me today. If you found it helpful, I would be truly grateful if you would rate and review it as it helps others to find us. And if you haven't already, you can hit the subscribe button wherever you get your podcasts to be sure of getting every episode sent to you. You can find all the resources we talk about and more about my guests in the show notes over at collectivewisdom.podbean.com or you can find me on Instagram at collectivewisdompod where I'd love to hear any feedback, suggestions for new guests or comments that you have. I'd love to hear from you. And if you're interested to know more about how my coaching can help you, you can find more about that on my website at catpreston.com. Thank you so much for joining me.